Although peaceful free to interchange or raise a question, I'm sure everyone is aware of how Zoom works. Uh, but yeah, just switch off your mic unless you're speaking. But uh, if you want to raise a point or interrupt something, just feel free to do so or raise your hand in the Zoom options there and then we can, yeah, we can at least allow you to, to overtake or participate further on. But yeah, I think just to get the ball rolling because time moves very fast. So I think all of you have seen the topics. Today we're going to be at least speaking on the element of relationships and also a little bit touch on the etiquette of it, but also speaking more so into the childhood aspects of how we are raised and the impacts of us also raising possibly our own children in the future. Uh, but I think maybe we can start off with the more soft side of the love aspect and, you know, relationships as, you know, you can go on social media almost every week. There's something going on. If it's not a DJ and his wife fighting online or if it's not some musician or politician uh, going to the commission of inquiry and fighting or whatever the case is, there's always something going on in South Africa that relates to relationships. Uh, so maybe I can get a perspective of young black people working in different spaces and what's your interpretation of all these kind of things, uh, but also dissect also to the deeper stuff uh, in terms of polygamy, which is also a concerning issue that some people don't want to talk about as well, especially now women also kind of be allowed to as well. Uh, but we'll get into that a bit later. But I think just to open, you know, being an icebreaker person, um, we speak about love. And I think as I'm going to be doing the podcast, I'm just going to be pointing to anyone uh, and again, please feel free to raise your hand, whatever the case is. Um, so I think where we can start off with, and this is a question someone asked me, you know, in, and, I, and I had this, I think, in the previous discussion about relationships, about their interpretation of relationships. And someone asked me if men and women love differently. And I didn't know how to answer that. Uh, but it's a very, it's a very, you know, you have to think about it sometimes, but I think I, I, try, I, try to, I try to be very neutral in some ends, to some ends, but I also want to see how you guys interpret that question. Uh, and this is just be an icebreaker. This is not actually the core of the topic, but I actually am curious to understand exactly if men and women love differently. Uh, so maybe I can start with Ritula. So I'll start backwards a bit from how we introduce ourselves. Um, I don't know how you, if you interpret the question, but do you think men and women love differently? What is your take on that? Uh, just switch on your mic. And yeah. Sure, sure, Pete. Um, look, look, uh, Pete. Look, I do, I do agree. I do agree uh, with that. Look, the question and the answer to that to me is it's a yes. Um, I think basically, uh, I would say, as a man, I would say I've I've been I've been through quite a lot with a few uh, maybe relationships here and there, and and I would say what one gives out sometimes I think as a gender and how. And, and what is actually expected from you from a relationship and naturally as a man and also naturally as a woman. I believe uh, we, we do love differently. And I think the feelings is not always so mutual or maybe the same uh, because of what maybe what you bring as a human being or maybe as an individual in a relationship, uh, uh, into a relationship, right? Uh, because I think it also means it is not always about the love. However, it's also about what also comes with the love, which makes it different. So I think um, that's my take on that one. Okay, thanks, Lutula. Uh, Dick oh, saying, um, I don't know if I'm pro pro pronouncing it wrong, but yeah. My I don't life. think you ever will. Yeah, please forgive me for your name. <laughs> no now, problem. 
what is your interpretation uh, guys, of this question? My first thought was to say uh, people yeah, in general have like different demons based on gender. So, like, how not just because he's a man that you should now love the same, but just because we are individuals, we love differently. But I guess there are aspects of being female uh, or being male, or in this lifetime being non-binary, um, that um, affects basically how we love and how we show the kind of love that we have. So that would be my answer to that. Okay, okay. Um, I think let me add one more voice to this, and then we can move the conversation. Um, Bego, what is your interpretation of this question as a man? Yeah, I actually... <laughs> agree with the previous speaker before I butcher her name as well. <laughs> so we men, women, we love differently as people as well, but there are certain aspects where it's, if I could call it the same, in the sense of reciprocity. You can receive love and you can also give it too. And if I look at the best example I could give it that is when we look at children, because I feel like if you really want to get a good gist of how love is, because it naturally comes to them very quickly. A girl child is very, how can I put it, um, authentic as well, in the sense of, from my experience, like in Sunday school and when I was facilitating there, I learned from a child in terms of it's okay to really express yourself. And they would say into my words. So they'll be like, you know, I really did say something like, I missed you. You see, something like that is authentic and words spoken that this comes from the heart. This is how I'm feeling right now. And as opposed to a male child, because they want to gain you, if I I'll call it gain approval, or they just want to, you know, get a nod, they'll do anything for you. And that is a sign of love. They will just go, if you ask them, please go try to do this for me. They'll do it in an instant. That is that is actually love. So I do see that we love differently. At the exact same time, there are things that are going to be the same where it's expected from both parties. So that's that's my take on it. Now, I hear you. I hear you. I think this then leads to the second question. Um, and now I've been asked a couple of questions, but I think all of you can help it get to the point of the topics. Um, so relating to the obviously that say men and women love differently, the question then led to can men and women then have non-romantic relationships in other words can men and women be friends and i think that's a very simplified way of interpreting it uh, i don't i don't know what everyone's take is i, I would i probably have very limited view on this uh but led to what is your interpretation or what is what is your view on that can can men and women be friends especially in context close friends I can, Yazi. I've got very close male friends. Um, but what I've seen happen is that they, they figure this phase where at some point you develop feelings for each other. And depending on how mature or how mature both of you guys are, I guess, that phase passes and you guys sometimes can still be friends or enjoy the friendship ends. Um, but I think it's very much possible. And sometimes like once you guys, once that phase is over, you can just be proper genuine friends. Feelings gone, you know, just just as friends and care for each other as friends. Um, so it is possible for um, 
men and women to be friends. Just to do. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in my experience, um, I've gone through the feelings phase with like most of my male friends, and um, we're still friends to this day. The feelings are gone, and everything's fine on my end. You know, and they so, become awkward at some point. It well during that phase, it does become awkward, but. I mean, you have to be very honest and upfront about what you want. So in one, in one of the incidents, I told the guy, but you know, I, I, at that point, so he had to for me, but I didn't. So I was able to say, yo, I'm not there and uh, I'm going to be frank with you. And if you want to still stay in my life as my friend, that's fine. If you feel like you, we can't be friends anymore, it's also fine. Um, yeah, it, it's just it depends on the maturity and and the friendship and like how how important the friendship is um, to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, see, uh, what what is your take on this as a guy? Is, is it possible? Because obviously, Leslie has given her perspective. What is your? Yeah. Look. Um, yeah. No. Look. I think uh, I think you have to always apply yourself uh, when it comes to male female relationships. More so in my sense because I'm married, so I cannot just be casual with every female that I come across. So I think for me as a male, I always have to carry that sensitive heart to say every time I interact with females, hey, this is why I am so as married. Uh, yeah, we might have, we might get along, you know, uh, we might vibe, but we cannot vibe to that degree. So I have to always put boundaries in in my interactions, more so with females. But uh, with guys, with you guys, it can always go wild. So yeah, can males and females be in sober relationships? I think, yeah, as long as we put boundaries. But I think in our generation, no one wants to put boundaries. So it, that's where we then, you know, end up mixing things, you know? So yeah, that's my take. Let me ask you this then. You're married, right? And let's say yeah. one day your wife, you're having an event or a bride and say, this is my friend and it turns out to be a guy and they're very close relationship with the guy does that impact relationship or is that something that should be worth concerned about or is that it's a no brain it's cool it's just another friend in your view what is your take on that we've kind of set general boundaries in terms of how we build friendships um so yeah if when she my wife rocks up and was like yo dude this is my male friend i'm like oh i thought we had an arrangement <laughs> male f- so I think they, I think we always evaluate relationships uh, because not every relationship is necessarily a bad relationship. Some of the relationships she she formulates are business based relationships, and you realize those. And in some of the industries that she's involved in, it's male dominated. So I cannot say don't have male associates, you know, for example. So, but I think we always carry that that chin on our shoulders to say just always be aware uh, and when we say always be aware we don't mean be robotic when you're around the fair sex but always just have that conscious mindset that look i do have a husband i do have a wife always put that out there always just maintain sober relationships so it's it's not it's not as easy as i'm making it sound but it is doable okay okay uh, I, i'm not gonna lie personally I, it, it is a very complicated thing to answer uh in certain instances yo I know it's it's it, it becomes the issue in certain instances. I think you end up having to accept it. Uh, but Litul, I see your hand. But let me go to uh, Q. Let me let me let me not butcher people's names today. What is your take on this? Um, I saw you nodding your head a lot. So what is what is your view on this? Um, I genuinely actually agree with what Litu was saying. I think um, 
it's it's a maturity thing to be very honest um i always say it really depends how the relationship started and most times people end up being friends purely because someone likes somebody else um i'm very close to guys who have had a crush on me and i'm like very close to them now they're just my friends so i think it is possible i think it's a communication thing i think it is maturity it's an understanding it's like any other relationship you kind of need to know you set your boundaries and know where you guys stand with each other if you're not wanting or feeling that person um as your boyfriend or whatever it's okay to just be a friend and really someone else has a choice not to be your friend so i i totally agree with everything that everyone else said but i strongly agree with what Leto was actually saying okay 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 Litula i see you raised your hand i don't know if you want to rebuttal something or you want to add on yeah no peter i think um uh, look the person who just spoke now is going to say the same we we the feelings will be there pete it is it is honest truth that when we are friends there is that that kind of feeling that is there when you spend a lot of time with people uh and then you are either up with a opposite gender uh, there's things that you share and there's things that you go through together and you start developing a certain feeling right however it depends on how important the friendship is and and how did you guys set the boundaries and i agree also on the point of communication uh because then it will mean some people will start going over the boundaries which will also then start entangling everything of which the friendship might also be in jeopardy so i believe uh, the aspect of communication and how important the actual friendship is so that it doesn't end up being a romantic relationship and ruining everything so yeah okay 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 I, I, I guess there's a very common consensus that it, it depends, I guess, but communication is key. Although, I, I, in my view, I would say that the risk of feeling still being there is something that's still, you know, it still stays in the head, like, oh, yeah, this person maybe still has feelings or, you know, that one day where you end up being just the two of you together. But yeah, I'm not going to place a level of bias in that. Um, but yeah, okay. So I think, I think, I don't know if anyone wants to add on to this, but I think we can move to the other part now. So we've got the gist of love and, you know, the relationship dynamics between friendships and, you know, and now is to move to the concepts of now one being in a relationship. And one of the questions, the topics that I raised was infidelity. And, you know, there's the, obviously different types of, the, the, the interpretation is there's different types of ways of way people cheat or, and maybe that's where something I would like to understand, you know, because uh, especially in the context of whether one is in a relationship, whether it's a serious relationship or at least marriage. So I'm not talking about someone who just for two months has been dating and then cheating or cursed there, but in the context of a serious relationship, uh, you guys have been dating or you're married for a while and then someone cheats, man or woman. I would like to understand that there's the physical part of cheating. But in any other aspect, is that also considered cheating, for example, talking to someone else, for example, you're in a relationship and someone flirts, or there's the, let's say there's an office party or the, there's an event in your best, there's a wedding and you meet up with an old friend or an ex and you guys start talking to each other and there's a bit flirtatious vibes, hugs, is that also classified as cheating or how do we, is cheating basically limited to know you had sex with someone else. And I'm trying to understand well, how was our interpretation of that? Um, Bali, what is your take on that? Um, okay, with cheating, it gets like um, a bit tricky, right? Because when it comes to relationships now, 
Um, I think we spend a lot of time just like jumping into relationships without actually talking about what we consider things to be. Like, for example, um, I'm often accused of being overly friendly. I don't see it because it's my nature, you know. So if I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, hi, darling, or I talk to somebody, I, I call people sweetheart sometimes, you know, things like that. And it's not to say that I'm really flirting. It's just something that it's it's a natural thing in me, you know. So obviously, like if I come across a guy who I know is really just very personal about those kind of things and how I address things, then it's going to be different. But if he doesn't tell me, then I won't know that I'm cheating because I know with one of my exes, he really did not like the fact that I could just easily be like, hi, darling, to a guy, you know. So he would see it as something that is ugh, really bad, you know. And then after we spoke about that, I'm just like, no, but I'm not cheating. This is not, it's really just within my nature. So it goes back to um, how you fundamentally base your relationship and the structure that you have. Because we need to have these conversations before you even just step into a relationship. What do we consider cheating? Is it the sex part? Because with me, um, if you go and then you call another girl, hi, hand, for example, I really don't find it, it's okay for me because I'm, I'm that person. Like I understand maybe you just being friendly or anything, but it boils down to intention. When you say hi, babe, to that person, what exactly does it mean? Are you just saying it like being friendly or you are just hoping to get something out of it? And that's my chance. So I think with cheating, it's, it's just the thing of um, intent. So what are you intentional about what you're doing or what's going on? Of course, the sex part, damn, yeah, that's infidelity. It, it's a no-go for me. It's a deal breaker, like a no, no. But um, flirting and everything, I'm not really that big on unless you, your intentions are religious really too to get into that girl's skirt. Okay. So yeah, that's my take. Okay. Um, Elizabeth or Gale, if you want to fuck um, what is your take? I mean, personally, I don't know, South African men in sweetheart, hey, I don't know, maybe that's something we need to talk about, but hey, <laughs> seeing another man being called sweetheart, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I, I guess it, it, it makes sense in certain instances. Elizabeth, what is your take on this? Um. Uh... Like I said, I would, I would agree with what Mbali said. Like, I think when getting into a relationship, we need to communicate, right? Like, communication has to be the key. Like, it has to be the key that rolls out this relationship. Like, I need to understand and I need to know that this is what you can tolerate in a relationship and this is what I cannot tolerate in a relationship. And for me, infidelity, adultery, it's... For me, the point whereby people start having sex with each other outside of their relationship, that's a no-no. Like, just make your choice. It's either you're going that route or you're here. You need to decide. You can't be here and there at the same time. Like, where do you want to be? You need to choose. We can't have it, be having people having multiple sexual, like, partners. It, guys, we need to grow up. Like, and the thing is, we need to now factor in the fact that we have got so many diseases. Like, as when are we going to start taking responsibilities of our own health at the same time? So if you want to be here with me, make a decision. You want to be here, stay here. If you're tired of this, get out and move and go somewhere else. Don't be here and here at the same time and get there at the same time. Like, now it's like you're playing, what, what is it called? A chess game. Like, sometimes you want to be here, sometimes you want to be... Just make a choice. For me, it's as simple as that. Just make a choice and stick with it. I mean, how difficult can that be? Sounds so touched. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's really annoying. I just don't understand it. Because with me, I've got, I've got friends that are married, 
right? I mean, I had this other guy who's married. I I attend with same adverts. We're doing the same course. And then he was complaining about a, a side chick. And I'm like, why are we talking about this side chick? Why are we not talking about your wife? How is your wife doing? I know she's pregnant. How is she doing? Can you just take it becoming so demanding? Like, that's what side chicks do. They are always demanding. Like, didn't you get that? Like, people, men don't get that. Like, side chicks, do you become crazy now. Now they want to be the main chick. So now he's like, no, this girl is becoming so attached. No, I feel like hey, now I don't know what to do. Now I need to give him advice. I'm like, but I was not there when you met with this chick. And then now you know my views when it comes to having side chicks while you're married or having a side chicks while you're in a, in a committed relationship. I do not understand that. And I do not like that. Like for me, it's a no-no. So when you come into me now, I'm going to tell you the truth. You were supposed, firstly, you were supposed to tell this girl, either we are fucking and that's it. Like no attachment. Don't leave her your number with her. Just fuck and then leave her. So now what you did, you fucked and then you got attached and then you changed numbers and then you went to lunch and then you had this and this and this. And now it's getting all heated up. Now you want advice from people like us. Now you know what I feel about that. You you know my views when it comes to that. It's a no-no. For me, it's, it's, it's a no-no. Because now it's going to destroy your, your, your relationship with your wife. And for me, I'm now getting concerned because your wife is now pregnant. So if she were to find out, like, you are busy doing this on the other side. Like, do you understand, like, now you're going to be causing unnecessarily, like, stress to your wife because of what you're doing behind her back? Yeah, no, I... I, I, I no, I told her, like, grow up. Grow up. Just just leave that side check. Just grow up and then <laughs> stay with your... Like, grow up. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, 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 th- I, think, I think it's... I always want to ask what degree of, or, you know, like, obviously I think the physical part, we can all agree that it, that that I think is very, well, even though to some extent, I, depending on your relationship, I think even the physical part is subjective, I guess, but uh, let me not go into that. But I think furthermore, in my view, I always try to understand exactly what qualifies as cheating, let's say in communication, or is it just open to like, okay, I'm just talking to someone and then you just base it on the trust. But let me not go into that because obviously that's not the core of the topic. Uh, Q, I know you raised your hand, so I don't know if you want to chip in uh, on what was being said. Uh, no, um, but he did answer the question that I wanted to ask her. Um, she was saying that it's her nature to, you know, be over friendly and stuff. I wanted to ask her, so if her boyfriend had to do the same thing, how would she feel about it? Um, you know, I think we also need to understand that the reason why men will react to that situation is the same thing that she said. What is your intention? Yes, it may be your nature to do or talk to people a certain way, but are we just as comfortable um, when it's done to us, when we see our boyfriends doing that, because I know I'm a very flirtatious person. Um, I, I speak to people, I, I call people darling or whatever, but I think there's a point of discipline, if I say, when you're dating someone that you kind of have to just kind of pull back from doing such things because we're all human at the end of the day. And I don't think it's something that. I feel like you should know as a person that your boyfriend would be uncomfortable with that, especially if in your previous relationships it's something that has been brought up. I think then you kind of have to know how to um, interact with people, especially with when you're with your partner. I think there's some sort of respect in terms of how we communicate with other people 
um, when it comes to being with someone. Um, but I mean, I guess if she has a communication happening between her and her boyfriend and they understand it, um, who am I to say that she shouldn't do it? But I'm just saying on my part, I think even if you are a flirtatious person and you do call people babe and darling and sweetheart, I think it somehow needs to kind of um, come down when you're with your partner, just for respect's sake, just for avoiding, you know, why did you do that? Why do you talk to people that way? I think it's just, I think for, for me personally, it's a bit of common sense, I think. But again, if you have a communication flowing thing with your man and you guys both agree and are happy with it, then, you know, do you, yeah, basically that's what I wanted to ask. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah. the other question I had, but uh, this was also one of the conversations I previously had and can cheating ever be a mistake? Like, oops, kind of thing. Like, ish. I was not, I was not, I was not, I was not in the right mindset or, you know, uh, it, it just happened. What is our take on that? Um, Beko, I don't know. What is your take on that as a guy? No, no mistake. Yet. From my view, I'm just speaking personally. Uh, I don't think so because for me, I'm maybe speaking for my, myself as a person, surely your partner is always up in your mind. Yeah, it's like a conscious thing. So now you can see that ish, maybe I'm leading this, this girl on. So I'm like, yeah, would you like such? No, 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 no. So you just let it go. So for me, when you say it, it was a mistake, I'm not saying it's not forgivable or whatever, but uh, for me, cheating in the sense of physically being a mistake, uh, no. Maybe oversharing, uh, and then all of a sudden now I find a random guy saying, yeah, 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 first of all, you only got one testicle. I'm like, wait, what? So somebody who shares oversharing that part, it becomes like, yo, what's happening? So for me, can it be a mistake? On my side, no, because I surely believe that your partner should always be in the back of your mind or be a forethought if in that matter. So, mm -mm. okay, mm -mm. okay, okay. Uh, I, I see you have, you have this back of your mind analogy. So, I don't know if, if it really means that that person is there in the feeling of that, you know, you feel like the person is behind you kind of feeling. But no, as in, they, they, they're in your conscious. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. It's a okay. conscious thing. Yeah, well, subconsciously, you can also feel like they're in the room, so you can't do anything. I don't know. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay. Gotcha. Now, I think, I don't know if anyone else wants to add on to that, uh, but I think in context of the infidelity, there was another question I think it's important to ask. Now, this, this is speci specifically relates to marriage or a serious relationship where two people live together. Um, Bali, I see you raised your hand, so I'll, I'll go to you after this. There was a question around, you know, the, some, the, the person used the whole example of, you know, like, let's say you're black coffee and you're cheating on your wife and you have kids together about how does the separation occur? And let's say, for example, I'm not, because not, I, I, I don't subscribe to the concept of cheating, but let's say I cheat, right? And my wife catches me, whatever the case is. Um, now, there was a question firstly about you know, people sharing their relationships online. For example, let's say you, you start dating with, you know, get married, your information about your relationship is online. And, you know, I'm in love with my babe. Should you also disclose to people when 
excuse my language, shit go hit the fan or, you know, uh, you know, Peter fucked up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to update guys. You know, I was happy yesterday, but hey, you know, CR slept with mang, mang, mang. What, what is our interpretation of the public airing of relationships online? Mbali, what is your take on that? Um, you know, like Peter, it becomes like really tricky. With social media, it's very tricky, né? Um, we use social media for different um reasons, right? And I also believe that she set the tone for um how much she wants the public to know and for what reasons to put up the relationship for the public, like to the public. So some people I've seen that yeah, they blog a lot, you know, relationship blogging and you know, like these whole things of your hashtag black love matters and things like that. And then an sometimes starts that way you know because with bloggers it becomes really personal i mean like even if it's a personal blog and you can see it if even if it's just like your personal blog about you even if it's not a relationship and you find yourself i'm um, sharing with the public because of um how they familiarize themselves with you so sometimes we familiarize ourselves with um people's relationships and then um as they open up and then we ask questions and then they find themselves just um i won't say oversharing but it gets to a point where the familiarity becomes so insane that um, the public now expects you to to declare those things, you know. So sometimes it's it's a mix. I think that it comes to the issue of why I keep my 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 stuff private, you know, when it comes to relationships, because I know that I have that um, the tendency to 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 grow in familiarity with people. So it is not. I wouldn't say it's 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 good for you to, to disclose it when, yeah, shit hits the fan. But now because you've, you've had that build up and then you've created those relationships that you have with people online, now it kind of is, you kind of like owe it to us because you've been sharing the entire time. I feel like you do kind of owe us because you've been taking us through this entire journey. And you knew when you started this whole thing, you know very well that um, once you bring people into your space, they, they're going to start asking questions, you know, even if you don't say anything. So I don't see anything wrong with, disclosing when shit hits the fan because now you you've been real the entire time and relationships fail the entire time so stay real again give us the content we want to know i know you built us continue to build us finish the whole building you have to be done with it you know so once you start okay now your things put them on social media you know that they're going to be repercussions so you cannot be here playing all clean all of a sudden now the happy moments are gone now we are out in the cold now nah, you finish the house put the windows in and put the heat inside lock the door then you'll be out maybe your next relationship sure your next relationship you'll be like yo i have learned okay you're with black coffee i felt it you know so my next relationship i'm not going to say anything i'm not going to do anything about it and it's a learning curve for you but you should just leave us there hanging now sweetheart you brought it on yourself so that's my take okay okay you know, when I was having a conversation with this person and the person raised that if you embarrass me publicly, like let's say you cheat and everyone else knows, let's say, or worse, for example, my wife cheats on me and I find out through other people. The person believes that I should also publicly embarrass you backwards, but I, I guess it's also based on the nature of the relationship. Letu, I see you raised your hand. I don't know if you want to add on to this. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to what Mbali is saying. You don't start something you can't finish. So you owe, you owe us, I mean, you owe us that to just say, okay, because we're going to ask. At some point, someone's going to post what, what are those hashtags, couple of the year or whatever, and then tell what you guys are no longer together. How awkward is that? So 
yeah, just don't start something you can't finish, man, especially on social media. Okay, okay. Now, I think this moves to the second point. You know, I, I mentioned polygamy, but I want to get to that. So there's this hypothetical, and it's not actually, it's an actual real life situation. Um, so it's my, I'll just say, it's my brother's friend. So this is a situation that happened two months ago. So they've been married for seven years, but they've been together in total for about 18 years. And this is the situation he presented. My brother spoke to me about his friend. So they've been married for I mean, seven years, 18 years together. They have two kids. One is seven. The other one, I think, is three years old. And as of the past year or so, since the pandemic, the relationship has been good all these years. But the pandemic also kind of you know, made it a bit complicated. And he obviously they both are away. That's not exactly the same because they're now working from home, blah, 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 blah. And this was a situation that happened that this year, um, the wife sat and husband down and told him like, look, I love you. We've been together for years. Um, you know, we have kids together and I want to make sure that you understand that I appreciate everything. You're a good father, but I no longer love you. And the context of that was, not that I don't care about you, not that I don't want to be a wife, but I no longer have romantic feelings for you. Now, that, that, that's, I'm trying to print out a picture to raise a question, right? So basically, it's a partner or your husband or your wife, after years of being together, because the interpretation is that people do fall out of love. So whenever that happens, and the person tells you, you have kids together, but I don't want to leave you, should you decide to leave me, that's on you. But because you're a good father, I see you as a friend or more so someone I can enjoy spend time with, but the romantic aspect is, is no longer there. The question then becomes, in instances like that, and this is a situation she put to him, if you decide that you wanna get divorced, I'm okay with that, although I will not initiate it. Secondly, and this was the other bigger question, which leads to the second question, which she raised. If you want to get a second wife, I'm also okay with that because I know I'm no longer fitting these certain needs of you romantically, but you're still a good father, blah, 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 blah. So the question is then, because now they went for therapy, I mean, what counsel, counseling, whatever, and it seems the guy still wants to be married but he doesn't want to divorce and he doesn't want to get a second wife and it's in the situation. So my question is therefore, when a person then falls, because I assume uh, maybe I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, the belief that people will fall, can, can fall out of love. What should happen in the instance where you've been married to someone and you fall out of love, but you have kids? What, what, what should it kind of, in your interpretation, what kind of conversation or what kind of arrangement should occur, especially considering there's only one house. It's not like you can say, okay, I'll move out. Where? You only have one house. You're probably the only breadwinner. What do you do in that situation? Let me start with the person who's married. See ya, what, what, is, your, what is your take on this? Hey, dude, yeah, no, that's a hard one. No, that's, that's a hard one, yo. Yeah, yeah, look, uh, even though the wife sounded sincere there a bit, <laughs> I still feel as if there's, there's more to the story. Yeah, I mean, like, can people fall out of love? Uh, look, I've been in uh, previous relationships before. Um, 
with which I thought I was in love, but I've soon to find out that I was actually enjoying myself, you know, because in most times, I think uh, us as people, because we evolve, you know, we started off because we had something in common. And then after a few years, what I find, what made, oh, whatever it is that we had in common falls away from me. And then maybe the person continues with it. Then someone can deem that as falling out of love. But I think in their case, I think it's, it's quite complex. I, I don't think there's a one size fits all type of solution to this case, but I would, if it was me, I think I would, uh, I would say, why don't they try again and uh, try again? Uh, why not? Uh, look, dude, this question is too hard, even for me as a married person. But I'll say, let them try again, man, because I think 13 years, 13 years of choosing to love a person is not easy. Most so when there's children involved, you might have to think, do I stay because of the kids or do I stay because it financially suits our financial situation? So it's quite complex, man. But if I was in their shoes and I was there, uh, call it, advice of some sort i'll tell them to try again go on holiday uh go get tattoos go see a movie flip go to miami and flip and go sunbathe there go to jamaica smoke some weed uh flip and throw a party at your house send the kids away uh get a help or maybe you've been overworking yourselves actually sell this home and buy a new house there's so many things that i'll try to bring in just to change the environment just to change the atmosphere uh maybe if they're not going to church flip change religions if you have to but i think there's only something that you can always do if you have not because from this from this situation that you've given it sounds as if they there's they still some form of you know they still want to do something about the situation so i'd say i'd re really throw some random things at them and say just try this and try that uh, go bike uh, go hiking you know they just need to do something different uh maybe things that have they hadn't done in the past 13 years of their marriage yeah, so that's my take. Okay, okay. Um, uh, let, let me add more context because it was a very deep scenario and it's a complex one. So I think it's important to note a part of the, the lack, the stop of, I don't know how to put this, the stop of love at yet 18 uh, was paraphrased, paraphrased by her saying that I no longer, in a way, find you physically attractive. That's part of it in some degree, I guess. And obviously, some people can say, you know, you can override it. Some people can say, ah, you know what, it's okay. You know, you know, you know, no, I, I know maybe you don't see, I don't sexually enjoy being with you in some aspect. But that raises the question of what, 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 what should occur in that situation? Because if one person doesn't want to get divorced, uh, what happens there? You saying, uh, I haven't got back to you in a while, so I'm butchering your name again, but uh, what is your take? Yeah, I think it goes down to why we love. You know, sometimes people, you should love because you love, not because of certain reasons. And when you love people because of what they bring to the table and when that something suddenly changes, then you say you're fallen out of love. And I thank you for coming back to us and saying perhaps part of that was the physical aspect of maybe the guy has gotten fat or has gotten skinny, I don't know. Uh, but she probably loved him because of how he was in terms of physical or in terms of what he brought in terms of, I don't know, maybe he had a great job back in the day or he was a party person. He liked him going out. Now because he's a father, certain things have changed. So she doesn't find that attractive anymore. So it boils down to the reason why she fell in love. And like I said, you should go, when you say you are in love, you love not because of certain reasons, but you love just because you love.
And I think it goes down to that. Yeah, but it's a tricky one, man. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say she must stay because of the reasons, um, like maybe having kids or and all of that. That should that will probably never make a good um, relationship um, because now you're just stuck in it. You just feel like you have to live, and that's not the way to live. Um, I guess also divorce can bring its own set of challenges, and sometimes it affects kids and the people involved emotionally. But then I think there's a greater issue that can be solved. And the fact that she doesn't want to leave maybe brings us an opportunity, like um, the previous guy was saying, to do something different. If the guy has to go gym, if that is the issue, then he should do that. If they need to go on a holiday and just be by themselves, or maybe even take a break from each other because now they've been in lockdown for, I don't know, a better part of a year and they need to just get away from each other. Maybe that is a solution. So I think before going down into like divorce or suggesting something, like that maybe get into the crux of the issue should help in some sort of way okay okay i i, I understand it's a very complicated question or scenario um because i was even thinking to myself let's say for example i one day get paralyzed i'm married but everything down there stops working and you know my wife has to take on certain roles to some degree, should I also feel a level of understanding that the complexity of our relationship has changed? And as a result, certain things or things we could do together, or maybe even just could be even sex or, you know, going out together changes completely. And that may affect the relationship. Uh, the other question that was raised, maybe because I see two people raise their hand, was should now a concept of marriage also evolve with the time that we're living in? You know, there's polygamy. But there was something about having a marriage license. The same way, like when you have a car, you have a driver's license, you have to go renew it. So, like, okay, after every two years, I'll be like, guys, like, I just want to confirm I'm still in love with my husband. We can continue this thing for another two years. We'll come back and you know, it will confirm if everything is still good. And you continue doing that. I don't know what's everyone's interpretation of that and marriage as it is. Uh, let me start with Bego and then Golden Bali. Okay, I'll just quickly with the what was said pre with the previous scenario. Uh, whatever happened to Ketile Ketile, guys, <laughs> especially in the context of marriage, you chose, you chose, you know, because now, yes, indeed, feelings come and go, even with our eyes. Yes, people's physiques change, and they even also they become sick. But now, all of a sudden, you say, Yeah, I don't feel this anymore. It's like, ah, number two, then if what other, since there's children involved, what message are we sending to the children that, listen, if you fall out of love with somebody, you know, just, you know, sooner relax, you know. But with the with the marriage uh, license thing and for it being renewed, maybe it's from the values that I come from, like I, I grew up in the church. So the constant the institute of marriage, I feel from a Christian background where it's between one man, one woman, you know, and we choose to honor God in our our marriage so now yes and it is hard for us to now say if it means we need to uh what's this fresh uh spice things up as uh see i was saying earlier that's what we need to do because we both made a promise before god to say that in this sickness and in health richer for poor all of that we said it and we must be aware that you are you are your word so now that's why you just don't give out words easily, but you should actually try and uphold them by all means possible. I'm not saying obviously 
if now you're getting abused and you're getting uh, what's this spilt on with hot oil and now you're in trouble you're like no but i made a promise before god it's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is there's some reasons whereby you need to fight for it and there's going to be challenges it's going to be challenged but you honestly need need to to i afraid to fight for it because now that's why you need to i believe not take your time but have a thoughtful process and by all means pray and do what you need to do in order to try keep the marriage alive for now sister new life said like yes i'm actually tired of you so i'm gonna go to somebody else Kim, can you know what you do to the other party and you also i've afraid that's my stance and i'm sticking to it <laughs> okay okay mbali what is your take i mean Uh, merge license yeah no i mean what about dating yeah? i mean dating you can still like you still love me yeah no okay but i don't know what you think <laughs> on on marriage and, uh, that that aspect um, what is this scenario like i'm i'm just stuck on this whole thing like yeah marriage ne because i think people don't want to have deep chats like in the early times of a relationship and that's when you should have them like we marry for different reasons you know but i always fundamentally say that it's important to marry for values your values have to be in sync because why everything just goes south is because when people just step into marriage they realize later on that they did not marry for the same reasons you know and as people we evolve daily i personally don't find a problem with um divorce given that you know like the reasons make sense and we evolve daily guys like it really it, we are human beings you know but even when we evolve if we were really married based on values that are in sync then us evolving is not going to change the structure of the relationship so we just basically going to expand on what we have but now if i'm evolving and you are evolving and when we said time together to be together and our values were not in line and you never had these conversations then my expansion is going to be completely different from your own so now when i come in when i come back and i'm just like okay fine now my values stand like this and then yours stand this way then everything is really just going to fall apart and in a chat yeah this whole thing about divorce and i i'm fine with people leaving because also with kids i ca- i came from i won't say it's a broken home but uh, my mom and dad were just like really not on good terms you know and it really affected me as a child because i could see this and what parents often try and do with this whole thing of staying together for the sake of the kids is wrong because kids are very smart and we see things and my mom right now is so much happier and after my mom and dad divorced i really just became a better person myself because i was in a happy environment you know a more peaceful environment and it really played a huge role in my becoming as a person so i would not advise people to stay in relationships for the sake of the kids if the kids see the, these things happening like it really affects everything schoolwork friendships um how they view life as well and their relationships in the future because now you are really just um employing a toxic environment into your own child and this person carries it out until like into their their late 20s and when they get into relationships as well because i also used to i used to be very bad at relationships until this whole thing became peaceful between my mom and dad and everything and i started with my therapy and i actually just understood that no man i'm not really supposed to be going for somebody who is like my dad but in my head the entire time i really just thought that that was the right thing to do even though i could see that my my dad did not make my mom happy 
So with marriage as well, it's very tricky. Of course, um, I'm a believer, you know, and you fight through marriage and everything, but I will not fight to stay in an environment that, that does not serve me personally because I came into this world alone, okay? And like, that's, that's really my chat. I'm not going to stay if my values are not the same. And that's why I'm really just like adamant on having deep chats about like the foundations of the relationship from the moment we actually begin. It's like a business class, like, okay, baby, what's up? What do you want from this? Where do you stand? And everything like that. I'm very intentional about that. And it really has been working for me. So I'm not really just gonna um, just jump in. And then when I'm deep in, I'm just like, oh damn, oh, we didn't, we didn't discuss our values now. Oh, whoa, where are we going and everything? And if our values are in sync, a lot of things are even telepathic. How we construct this relationship, how we move within the relationship becomes very easier because we know that, okay, if in my case, my value is loyalty, I will not do that because I know what, 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 whatever. And if your value is loyalty as well, you won't do that. So some things, they become very easier when you understand that the values that are in place within the relationship are in sync. And the marriage license thing, I know, hey, I have a tool. We got married. If we married, why are we reviewing things? What's going on? Like, like, no, 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 cancel me there. I don't like that. <laughs> because the marriage license is the ring on my finger. So to say, Neil, it's done. So why are we reviewing licenses? I'm I'm not again, I'm not for that. Nah, I'm not for the, the whole license. Yeah, and that's my take. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, th I think maybe the question was also maybe paraphrased to, you know, the whole thing of to death do us part. And, you know, some people view it like, sure. Uh, it's it's uh, death. Death can happen 70, 90 years old, and you know you never know what what can happen. Then um, I see Lutula raise his hand. Uh, so let me go to you. But let me also add because obviously one of the questions is polygamy, and there was a question about whether monogamy is something that still should be a normal practice. You know, one one person for one person, um, and you know. If, if in the sense that we are, there's, there's the depiction that we are Africans, it's within our culture, whatever the case is, you know, there is no prescription about how relationships should be per se, one-to-one, -one, whatever the case is. What is your take on the whole concept of polygamy? But I'll feel free to answer in whatever way, whether to the previous question or to this new question. Itula. Uh, Pete, um, I think to the previous question, I would say, uh, let me say, I believe in love, right? So I believe that we went into the union of being in a relationship or even gotten married because we loved each other. So obviously it has a hierarchy that there are other reasons why you also love. But I believe even though after two years, when you want to renew the, uh, the license, maybe the reasons have changed of why you loved me. However, the actual feeling of love must supersede those reasons. So you need to start learning again new reasons because at that point in time, maybe I was not working, but now I'm working or maybe vice versa. At that time I was working, but I'm no longer getting an income. But uh, because we had the feeling of love, that must always supersede the fact that things have changed between us. I've changed maybe in physical form and maybe the reasons are no longer maybe enough for you uh, to be staying in a relationship, but the love must still be there. So I don't think we should also even uh, put ourselves in a situation where we are in a relationship for different reasons outside of love. So okay. I think, yeah. Okay, okay. Now that's a good point. Um, Elizabeth, uh, you've heard everyone's take on this particular aspect, but to shift to also polygamy, and the whole conversation around mono, mono, what's the word? monogamy, about one-to-one -one relationships. 
Um, what is your view on the concept of polygamy, especially as Africans in the modern day age? Um, that sh should, should there be a limitation of love to one person or, I mean, even they don't call it polygamy. In some instances, in dating, they call it open relationships. What is your take on this practice or a viewpoint? Um, okay, for me, it's, you know, as human beings, you know, like nothing is ever good. One thing is never good. Two things are never good. Three things, like we always want more. Like in, in everything, even if within yourself, you, you want to evolve as a human being all the time. You want to change jobs. You want to get more exposure. You, we, anything that has to do with the human being, it's all about evolving on every aspect of our, of our lives, right? And now, now it came a time whereby now we want to take it into relationship, right? So now being with one person, yeah, it's not good enough. You know, I want something different. You know, I know Kile brings me, she's a, this type of kind of girl I can, you know, go around with her, but I need something else. She doesn't have that, that thing, you know, she's missing that thing. So now you get to an, you move from having only Kile to having Mbali as well, you know. Then you meet uh, Uchu. Q has got something else that Kile and Mbali doesn't have. You also want to have that. That's what I'm saying. It's it's never we never we never fool. Nothing is ever good enough. Like you always, we always want more. Even like on every single aspect of our life, that's a that's a human being thinks. A human being being a human being is all about that, right? But for me, for me, it's a no. Like I feel like if this is the person you want to be with, be with that person. Like push this relationship because I mean like we say we've been talking about how everybody who gets into a relationship they need to have conversation they need to have deep conversation they we need to understand why we get into this relationship what does it mean to the both of us and how how much are we willing to go as far as we can like we can take it right but now for me if now you're in a relationship with me and now you've got now you want to change your mind about this. Tell me. Don't now decide on yourself, Wutsi. But Mbali has got that thing and I want to taste it. Tell me so that I know you still want to taste Abu Mbali, Nabu So then I can make my own decision, Wutsi. Am I going to sit here with Peter who still wants to, he's in the candy shop. He still wants to taste everything. You see? So tell me. Then I can make my own decision. I'm going to sit here while I'm watching Peter being a candy shop uh, what explorer. You know, be like be a candy shop explorer by yourself. Then leave me out of it. You know, it, it, come on, guys. I think like we like we're thinking so much about relationship to a point whereby now we just we just want to mess them up. Like we just we just want to mess relationship but because. because like we don't value ourselves anymore. Like you just want to see yourself tapping into everything that moves. I guess no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the way you, the way you describe stuff, you know, it's like it's very it's like <laughs> you've actually sorry, been through I'm... it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thanks for that. Um, okay. Novile, I see you raised your hand. Um, then I can go to the last topic quickly. Um, I totally agree with Kilohile uh, in terms of 
we we really complicate relationships at this point. We overthink it too much. I think being in a relationship is the most simplest thing. It's communication, understanding the person that you're trying to be with. It's showing something that you have, love. Freaking bring peace into someone else's life. You don't want to ever see yourself, um, you know, fail. Why would you want the next person to fail? You never want to feel hurt. Why do you want the next person to feel hurt? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, back to the open relationship part of it. I'm, I'm actually at the point in my life where I'm okay with it, actually. Um, my reasons is, is I've been in two really long-term relationships and unfortunately both of them have ended in cheating and purely because of that i've gotten to kind of understand in the years obviously when you grow up you meet people and honestly you're right you're right like people just get to the point where you still want to you want to be in a relationship you like this specific person but you're so tempted by these little factors around you and it's human nature we 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 kind of get attracted to things when we get bored of what we have like children do the same thing they don't play with one toy for a long time but i think as we grow up you kind of need to realize you need to just be with one person who you want to grow with and have real conversations with and you know die with i guess um and i just got to the point where i am okay with having a sister wife because i would rather know where my man is it sounds weird, but I would rather know where he is. And it's not guaranteed he's going to stay with the two of us. But I would rather know that, you know, he's with at home. Like, he's there. He's at her house. I can call her and be like, girl, is he with you? Because he's not with me. For me, it makes, makes a little bit of sense to kind of know where the person is. Unlike when I'm dating someone, like my previous relationships, where he's not coming home where the hell is he? He's not with me, then he's clearly with someone else. So I've, I've kind of looked at it that way that I would rather know where my man is and have, if, if I know that he's, you know, he's that person who's just, who can't sit still, then we have the conversation of, okay, then, you know, let's bring in the third person to our relationship because that is communication, that is commitment because that is three people that have to learn to love each other and create a family. And for me, I'm comfortable with that because I purely don't want to be in this place where I have to always question where my man is. I think that's the most uncomfortable thing to ever feel as a person. Um, we are failing to com um, just commit to one person. I don't even understand why. Um, our grandparents have done it. Our parents, some of our parents have tried to do it. What are we failing to do in this generation? Is it because there are options and everyone is available to everyone because of social media. Like, I don't understand. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. But if it, if it is that hard, then, you know, as I said, I'm comfortable with bringing the next person because, look, people are going to always be people. Humans are always going to just do the most random shit ever and decide on the most random stuff. And, you know, sometimes I honestly believe that sometimes people wake up and want to hurt you and i feel like to avoid that then you just kind of need to be like okay if this is how it is for me personally this is how i've seen it if this is how my pattern of relationship is going to be where a guy's going to cheat on me then let's just bring another girl in and let's avoid the whole situation all at once let's just know where the hell you are since you just can't keep your little penis in your little you know 
package and you want to share it with everyone else, rather share it with two people, then we both know what's happening. Then you just being out there and out there, like it doesn't make sense to me, honestly. But yes, uh, relationships are very simple. We just overthink it. We are complicating it for no absolute reason. And that's my take about everything. Okay, okay. It, it seems everyone is then in the same page of monogamy. I was hopeful. Obviously, you say it. I was very surprised when you said, well, was it sister wife or something? I was like, yo, okay, okay. That's a new term I've, I've heard, but um, interesting. Because um, there was a school of thought about, you know, is monogamy something that we should just continue practicing or she doesn't matter if you have 10, five, three people, um, even relative to gender, you know, should if a woman feels like she needs another man, maybe... One man is financially strong. The other one is just good in bed, just, you know, between one package. I don't know. But it's, it's, it's subjective, I guess. But then the other question, because I wanted to move the last topic, but the other question that I had to phrase about, you know, in this relationship dynamics, and obviously some of you are married, dating, single, there's all concept of 50-50 and, you know, I can't remember the opposite of 50-50. It's basically you have gender roles and then you have something where people have, structures of relationships, whether it's equity, partnerships, um, the house, the husband go gets the, the bread, and when you stay at home, what, what is our interpretation and dynamics of that? Um, Letu, what is your take on 50-50 or, you know, you know gender roles? What, what is your take on that? Um, to be quite honest, ne, I... I subscribe to the standardized gender roles only when it benefits me. And I'm being very honest. Um, <laughs> um, you know, so obviously it's, it's still nice to um, have the men of the house change the light bulb or whatever. But also a part of me, because of my background, um, I was raised by a single mom. So part of me is a very much like feminist, very much doing things for herself, you know. So there's certain parts of this 50-50 general thing that I can subscribe to that I feel, okay, you know what? If I want my man to open the doors for me or whatever, he must do it because it benefits me. And then there's certain parts of me that um, still, you know, I could I wanna just do things if I decide today we're painting the house blue, painting the house blue, you know. Um I also think man these gender roles can be very restrictive. Um in that um for instance sometimes as women we overlook um Details such as the fact that, you know, a man is a human being as well. They've got feelings. They want to be cuddled. They want, you know, they want to be the smaller spoon and not the big spoon. So these generals are quite restrictive because men also feel like they can't really be expressive and be human beings, you know. And I think, um, yeah, you, you just paint your picture however way you want it, um, like how I'm doing you know, and don't really fully subscribe to everything and everything. Just do what works for you at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Letu. Bego, what is your take on this? Uh, then you can go to the last topic. 
Yeah, generally, I have to agree with Letu, who was speaking previously. So on my side, um, my background will come into play in terms of my answer, in the sense that I also was raised by single parents all my life, all my life. So now being the only male at home, uh, you see your older cousins and other your brother, all the brothers who are married, and you see how they act, and you try to do that at home. So obviously you'd be like, yes, no, I'm driving now. Yes, I'm going to go clean the yard now. Okay, yes, the life of this needs to be done, this needs to be done. And then, uh, funny enough, I don't expect like anything in return. But as you begin to grow, you begin to see that, no, listen, like in as much as I, as a guy in the relationship, am willing to for lack of a better phrase, lay down your life because that's what you're trying to do because you're trying to, how can I say, keep the fire alive and you're trying to maintain, you're trying to be protective, you're trying to, you know, bring the stability in. We also, as guys, we have needs. And then we, because of what society and what you've experienced as a male growing up, what males need to do, you kind of like neglect yourself and like, okay, hey, at least she sent me a WhatsApp message, happy birthday, you know? But when it's time for you, Valentine's Day, you do something. Birthday, you do something. You have to do, 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 do. But funny enough, do you know that when, I think T.D. Jakes was saying this, that men were also built in the image of God. And because God loves to live in praise, the more you praise him, the more he wants to show off. If you tell a guy that, I bet you can't pick this up, or maybe say that you, you can't pick this, you maybe say he's creating two bags of groceries. And he's like, wow, you're so strong. Watch him pick up three or four, two more, because now the praise comes in, the appreciation comes in. You make him feel special. You make him feel needed. You make him feel wanted. You know, those kinds of needs. So that's what will cause a guy to go over and above. So yes, generals do play, but um, it's hard. And I believe it's going to be a communication thing between you and the other party involved. But we can't, there will be different in each household or each relationship, but they have to be defined. And okay, okay, okay. Now yeah, I hear you. Uh, I hear the, the Zulu man in you coming out as well. Um, uh, respect. Uh, but I, I also want to raise the last question, and this is a subway to the last topic about children as well. But in context of relationships, I want to put a scenario. Assuming that one day you have a child, let's say a daughter, I'll, I'll use a daughter specifically, and this relates to the concept of loving and relationships. Your daughter turns 18, for example, um, and obviously we value things such as consent, um, a woman being free to a free agency and all those kind of things. There's all the discussion about age. That if let's say, for example, you had a child and your daughter's 18, and she says, Mom or dad, here's my boyfriend, and he's equally your age. He's let's say he's 35 or he's 45 as well. Now the question is therefore becomes. Is there, any, is there any dynamics whereby age is, becomes a problem or is it virtue of a result of one becoming an adult, your child therefore is given the free will to express and enjoy love or experience life for their own manner because they're now 
quote unquote an adult. Let me start with Sia as someone who's obviously married, but I don't want to use that as an article. I keep on saying that. Sia, what is your take on that? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks uh, for mentioning the fact that I'm married. You guys are married. Let me mention it one more time. <laughs> no, man. Uh, my daughter comes home with a 45 year old. I am shooting that guy there and there. It's not, it's not happening. Sorry, buddy. 45 years, what have you been doing on earth? Couldn't you find a suitable partner back then? What's wrong with you? No, it's a no-go zone, buddy. I am cutting my daughter off immediately. I'm cutting any form of support I was giving her. There is no 45-year-old who's coming to the house with my daughter. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just... Let me, let me put it like this. Okay, let's say, what, what age is too much? Age, that's too much. It's my age. 10 years younger than me. But I, I think if my daughter's 18, I would definitely appreciate that, uh, you know, she plays within her age group, you know. Even though we, there's this notion that uh, females are, or you guys evolve quicker than males, but I would definitely really like her to, you know, stick within her age group because I do know from an experience perspective, at least they're all in the same, you know, in the same thinking lane as opposed to, her bringing a 29-year-old, this bloody boy, has, his penis has been everywhere for the past, God knows knows what, 11 years, he's sticking it everywhere, you know. So I really want my daughter to be subjugated by that mindset. I mean, like, as, as males, because as we grow, especially uh, as, as a male myself, you know, uh, there's, there's so many habits that we pick up along the line, you know. Uh, you, you get taught by your uncles, your your dad, or the, uh, uh, you know, call it a group of men how to approach women. So you know, there's so many bad habits that we have that I wouldn't necessarily want my daughter to be exposed to. But it's out of my control, though. So I'll definitely try to equip my daughter. I'll definitely try to be as open as I can. But uh, when it comes to age, I'll definitely want her to kind of play within a very safe space so that she does not have to be. I don't want my daughter there. This dude is like, I need a submissive wife. I'm like, what the hell, bruh? <laughs> Go marry, like, Omar Kumar, who's 40 as well. So there's those things. Uh, so I'd rather kind of cap it. Like, let each of us date, let her date like two, three, four years older than her. Date a fellow student, flip, Go, like, do something. Just, like, don't be too serious as well. So I try to encourage her to. To not be too serious, you know, about, about, uh, about, uh, not too serious in a sense, but date, play within your age mates, explore with your age mates, get to know life with your age mates, don't go and bring this dinosaur that's going to be bringing so much that I'm already going to hate, because I really hate him right now. Like, I don't even know who's going to date my daughter. I really hate that dude right now. So yeah, that's my take, man. Like, I'll try to encourage her to play safe, you know? Yeah, right. uh, men must be afraid of you in this instance. Yeah, uh, but respect, respect. Um, <laughs> I, I see people raise their hands, so I'm gonna at least because I don't I hope can you at least try when we just try keep it short for sake of time. But, um, obviously, this question relates to the dynamics of to what degree are you responsible for your child's outlook on life? You know, does the free agency like you know, I, I do what I do, I'm an adult now, or how much level of freedom can you give your child is most of the topic. But I, I don't, for sake of time, I don't want to go too deep into that. So let's obviously stick to an element of this question. Um, Q, I see you raised your hand. Lear 2, I see you raised your hand, Elizabeth. So in that sequence, uh, Q? Um, I totally understand where Sian is coming from. But um, 
what happened? Okay, for me personally, I was raised in a family, not uh, specifically my parents, but in a family where um, the women were married to older men. And it's been a pattern in our family. Um, it was confusing considering that my, my dad is younger than my mom. Um, but I've realized that I would prefer to date older men. And it did start at a young age, purely because um, my cousins were married to older men. And not to say they were submissive or anything, but like it was it, for them, it worked. And it has been working for me. So, I mean, I totally get it from a, a parent's perspective where your daughter's coming home with an older guy. It kind of does hit a nerve. But I honestly do believe that um, family dynamics do have an influence as to how you see relationships, especially at a young age. I mean, I, I had my first boyfriend at 15 and he was 21 and it was awkward for everyone. But why when everyone else is doing it in the family? So I think um, family uh, decisions, whatever people do around you, kind of does affect the decisions you take. And yes, it does get awkward. I mean, my father almost killed the man, you know, like she's 15, like what the fuck? But I totally get it. I totally get where Sienna's coming from. It's an uncomfortable situation. He's been around, you know, I'm still in school. He's done with school. But again, it goes back to the fact that it's not something I kind of learned on TV. It's something I learned with people I grew up with. It's something that I saw that, okay, this works. It might work for me. And it has been working for me, even though I've been single for the longest time, but it has worked for me in the past. So, I mean, it, I feel like family is a great influence in decisions we make when it comes to, you know, relationships, maybe. So, yeah, that's my take personally. Okay. Yeah, too. Oh. Um, I was going to agree with Usianda. Um, but also just to add my, my, my two cents to it is, is that being an adult is not necessarily a, like the, the government's definition of being an adult, which is when you're 18 is not, I don't think it's something that we can like fully subscribe to because, um, at 18, you're still very stupid. You're still a kid. Um, I believe. And Hence, then the parents would come in and actually say, no, you can't do it. But if I, uh, as a 25-year-old, am dating a 40-year-old, for me, I, I think it's okay. The age gap is still okay because you're more mature now. You, you, know, you can say, okay, maybe you, know, you, 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 you are mature and you're an adult. Okay, for me, I think. Um, yeah, 18 is not, I think 18 is not, you, you can't really consider people adults at 18. Okay. Um, okay. The parents would need to intervene, yeah. But when you're much older, it's, I feel it's okay. Yeah. Age gaps, yeah, it's okay. Okay, thanks. Elizabeth, I uh, see you raised your hand. Then I can probably ask everyone else left, and then we can probably try to wrap it up after that. Okay. With me, guys. I'm not really comfortable with this thing, right? Because in my take is like, can kids be kids up until to a certain age where they, they feel like now they can be responsible for themselves, right? Into in, entering into any type of relationship. I mean, for me, I would think when you're 18, 
you wanna you wanna build yourself to the way more biggest possibility that you can be as a human being. You wanna evolve. You wanna go to school. You wanna learn something. You wanna do something of your life, right? I understand there's this concept of getting into relationships and doing this and doing that and doing this, but I just feel like we need to now we need to have a different generation that don't make relationship as everything like you having a relationship you having sex is everything like why why do we need to move into that world where kids need to have sex kids need to have been into relationships when are they going to evolve when are they going to see like i just feel there's so much kids can explore in this world like way beyond having a relationship we focus too much on sex and relationship way better than we 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 think of ourselves as people, like I just feel like it's it, it's about them time. Kids stop thinking about those things and start focusing. I mean, you find a girl, you meet a girl who's like twenty five. He has already slept with more than twenty guys. What is that? What they still not even know for sure what they want to do with their lives, but they've already slept with twenty guys. I mean, they can even tell you sex position. You don't even know yourself. You know, she's only twenty five. Come on, guys. I think we, we need to move out of this thing. Kids now can, when they're 18, they can have, they can start dating, they can have start having sex. When are they going to evolve themselves? When are they going to get themselves to basic education, get, get to understand what career path they can follow? Can they just focus on that first and then focus on relationship when now they're much more older? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth. Uh, what you said, uh, I, I hear you. Uh, I, I think it's very difficult. Um, it's a very difficult conversation, especially as a young adults. I swear, like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, if I had those views, um, I would hope, because my, you know, the children are very, children are not dumb. So, and I think because the external factors, you know, media, friends, even though I may want my child one way, I think things like social media, their friends, environment, still plays a role in the way our children turn out to be. And that's part of the question, basically. And to what extent do you have influence on how your child turns out to be? Uh, because, you know, I may say I don't want my child to have sex until they get married. Then, you know, at school, there's a guy, you know, she's young, she maybe she's focused at school, she's driven, <clears throat> she wants to be a natural scientist. Then comes this guy, he's in matric, she's in grade 11. And yeah, he's always wordplay. Oof, I know, uh, brother, brother can, can talk with talk. And yeah, next thing she's, she's, she's like, hey, you know what? This thing sounds nice, you know, this, this talk, this, this thing about sex sounds interesting. Let, let, me, let, me, let me explore. So I, I, I don't know, it's a very complicated thing. But basically my question is therefore, to what extent do you have influence of your outlook of your, or the future outlook of your children? Um, let me start with Ritula. And then we'll go through everyone else, then we can wrap it up. Yutula? Um, yo, Pete, you see, yeah, Elizabeth Matlava. I no, no, no. Look, I'm also in the same view. Uh, you you want them to to understand life. And you want them to, I think you do have influence of that, Pete. I think, I think now. Uh, as a young adult and now having a daughter already, right? 
I, I feel that we we need not to be like the previous generation, how we were raised. I feel like a lot of things were being hidden from us. And then we ended up falling into traps that we didn't know about. And I would say ladies were falling a lot in those traps, like you just said now. But uh, I think we need to start having an open conversation with them when we start seeing them that they actually starting to be matured. Uh, and then we need to let them know when is the right time. Uh, obviously, their friends, social media and other stuff would also advise otherwise. However, we as parents and people in the house must always tell them that, look, there are people who are doing it out there. They think it is fine, but it's not actually fine. You can still do it and you can still have fun or maybe you can still enjoy it at a certain age. You don't actually need to do it now. You're not going to die. I think that's what we need to let them know. And we need to be hard on the repercussions of what might happen and what have happened before and how we've seen it and how they see today. So that's my view there, Pete. Okay. Thanks, Litula. Mbali, what is your take on this? I also want to add on that. I think also in the way that we explain this, I tend to also notice that it seems like it's fixed on the girl child because I don't know, I sometimes also feel like Africans, hey, we're hard on the woman, hey, don't have sex, but the man, hey, son, ah, you, had, you had sex, yo, yo, ah. my son, well done, well done, well done. So I don't know, maybe it's just my view. What is your take on this? Um, I just, um, from my side, I just want, I think, yeah, we have a lot of effect, right? I've always told my mom that by the time I start having kids, I'll probably like be working from home throughout like most of the early development phases, right? And I just want to raise my kids according to like the terms my mom raised me, like just a culture of openness, you know, and adaptability. Because if there's one thing that I can take from my mom, like it's that. So obviously there's some things that uh, I, I don't adhere to. I, I wouldn't want my kid to have sex to begin with, you know, just that idea. I don't have a child, but already like thoughts of my child one day actually having sex. It's just like, yo, but it's going to happen one day, you know? So I'm just, yeah, on, on openness, you know, and adaptability. So based on how we move with the times, obviously there are some things that are like a no-go zone, but um, I just want my kids to, to always feel that they can speak to me like I'm able to speak to my mom, you know, as much as I know that something is a no-go zone for my mom, but she's always like cultivated that space for us. Like in the sense that when I get home, I can easily be free and say that, yes, I know that this was wrong, but um, I did this and this and this. And then based on that, she can actually give me better advice. And then later on, I do better. And that's what I'm going to do for my kids. And some things are just beyond your control. You know, external factors are just beyond your control. So what you can do is that if you just open the platform of openness, of course, with discipline. Yeah. Then everything will be fine, you know. And people make mistakes. Your kids will make mistakes as well. And this whole thing, yeah, the whole sex thing of girls being lashed out on when they have sex and then men being applauded is also nonsense, you know. So I wouldn't applaud either gender, you know, either sex, whatever. I wouldn't applaud that. But I would just like make room of equality in my house. And that's it. I just want a culture of, of um, openness and adaptability. And I think my kids will be good after that. So that's pretty much my take. Thanks, Bali. See ya. Uh, I'm not going to mention your relationship status again. So <laughs> I'm joking on that. But yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> what is your take on this part? Um, you know, I asked you the question about your daughter and assuming she turns 18 one day, you have a daughter and 
she marries someone older. But to what extent, again, from the overall arching aspect, influence can do you feel? Because I mean, let's say, for example, you want your child not to have sex or to date old people, but let's say they present to you a scenario like that. I well, want to I wanna have sex. What happens then? Yeah, look, uh, Peter, just in general, and then I, I agree with everyone in the platform. Look, we had a try. I think our parents tried. Uh, I think we're also going to continue trying. We're trying to put our best foot forward. Uh, and I think it was Umbali who mentioned those core values. I think all the core values that we've gathered from our parents, we're going to try to, you know, pass that, you know, to, to our kids. And also, I think now that you don't have to, like now, do you have to protect your boy child from the boy child next door? And you have to protect your boy child from the girl child. So there's now it's more so because we're in a gender fluid generation where now it's like just really nearly sexually. So you don't even, it's not even a matter of trying to protect them from having sex. Now you have to even try to protect their identity. Your kid can come back tomorrow and say, I just don't want to be a boy anymore, you know? So I think there's, we've got a lot of work, you know, uh, on our hands uh, as, as, as modern parents. So we'll have to, you know, dude, we'll have to try to do that. You have to rope in God, you have to rope in money, you have to rope in psychologists, you have to rope in friends, you have to, so you have to rope in so many resource pools, you know, in raising your kids as more so in this generation. So I think as a parent, I'll try to rope in as many, you know, as many, you know, Comment uh, as many sources that I believe would uh, empower my child to be a, a good citizen, a good individual, a balanced uh, child. So I try to open as many resources as I can, just to make sure that you know, you know, they, st they stay safe. This world is just—it's a dark world, guys. It's a dark world. Okay, okay. I don't know about dark, but I, I understand and I hear you, bro. Who are Bego? Um, what is your take on this aspect of raising children and the outlook and what influence do you have on that? I believe being a parent, you have a very strong... Uh, your your, your volume is a bit low. You have to speak up a bit. How about now? Yeah, ah, it's fine. It's cool. Okay. So I was saying that being a parent, you have a very strong influence on the outlook of your child. And you have... I believe that once we do become parents or for those or that, that we need to be really involved in the sense of, as Mbali and Lucia was saying that, know their friends, know their friends' parents too, just so that you can see that what your child is actually exposed to, have that open communication where they can come to you and they begin to ask you questions and they tell you about how they felt mistreated or how this, this and how to, all those things just so that, you know, being, if you don't do it, I have a belief that society and what the world has out there will do it for you. And then at the end of the day, it will come back to you and be like, how, and who's your parents? And then be like, why didn't you do it? It comes back to you. And so that's my strong take. And as Lizzie was saying that having a relationship or having a wife or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or husband, shouldn't be like the main like focus then you've just become so fixated on you but also being able to equip your child to deal with peer pressure you know because it is out there and we know this like i know for a fact that i've got all the cousins all the brothers when we sit in a circle as clickers guys we know that we lie to each other just so that you know we can be in but to be able to deal with that in a sense of in each stage of life from high from primary school going into high school going to tertiary just 
being able to deal, one thing I'm picking up now is being able to deal with peer pressure and being able to stay true to who you are and what you're trying to do for yourself. You know, I still believe in trying to, you know, making your parents proud. So just you try to do that. And yes, you're going to be ridiculed, but in terms of what you do, how to deal with that pressure. So you have a strong influence and you really need to be involved in our children's lives. Okay. Thanks, Bego. Mobile, uh, what is your take? I see you raised your hand. Um, sorry, I'm, I have another appointment, so I'm just trying to, I'll just close off real quick. Um, I see that everyone's focusing on like the sex factor and uh, friendship influences and stuff like that. Um, I'll go back to what I was saying. For me, it was never friendship stuff. It was always close family. I think we forget that um, certain, some of us are raised in bigger families and we see things from a family perspective, not necessarily from friends or anything. And I don't think that um, a decision that a, a young girl or a young man takes, um, influenced or not, should always end up in sex. I think as parents, um, if you guys ever want to have kids personally, I do not. I think if you do want to have kids in the future, I think we should learn to kind of teach our kids how to be human, how to have Ubuntu, how to treat people better, how to love themselves. I think we forget to teach our kids how to be mentally okay and prepared for the world how to be mentally okay with the changes they're going to deal with. Um, not necessarily sex, not necessarily anything, really. I think we we kind of missing the point of we need to raise the next generation to actually really love themselves, you know. Um, I heard someone saying that we're in a dark world. I, I truly agree with that. We are living in a time where there is no remorse for anyone. Everyone is just out to just hurt one another or whatever the case is. And right now we just need to be better people. If we are going to have kids, we need to kind of raise them to be aware of certain things. Look, we're all human. The decisions you make in life are not based on what your parents have taught you or whatever. There's, I mean, right now we live in a world of social media. So whatever your, the decision your kid's going to make really is beyond you it's really beyond you the only thing that you can do is control them in terms of their mental health um you know how they treat people how they treat themselves i mean i feel like that goes a long way if someone has a good head on their shoulder the decisions they make will show if you kind of don't know how to give them that path and show them which path to walk on and kind of you know these are this is good and this is bad we can teach people kids that this is good and this is bad. We just don't know which way they're gonna go. That's, we cannot control that. But we can control the source, the person, as to how they should be. And then the decisions, again, we don't know what decision they're gonna make. We can just only hope that what you've taught them is actually good enough. So besides the sex facts and stuff, sex is gonna always happen, guys. To be very honest, this is the truth. Your kids, people who have kids then have their kids are having sex at 12. You know, it's not something you want to happen, but it really does happen. And it's not necessary from an older person. Some people are having kids with their classmates. You know, these are, it's things that happen. You can't control things that happen. It, it's just life. It really, life happens. You can't choose. We can only just really try to 
just advise our kids and raise them better. And yes, from all the mistakes that we've done as humans, we kind of can just let that build into ourselves and just be like, okay, I don't want this for my child, but I cannot control what they decide afterwards. So I don't think we should really put so much pressure on ourselves in terms of trying to control the situation. We really can't. We, we don't even control where we're going to freaking die. So there's no point of trying to control someone's decision. So we can only just try and make or raise our kids to be, you know, really strong-headed people and have really good morals as, as humans, you know, and indicate that in your home and show that in your home, express it, express love, express peace, express humanity. And I think that goes a long way as a person. That's just my view. It was nice meeting everyone. Unfortunately, I really have to leave right now. I hope you guys have a great Saturday and enjoy your weekend, guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think I uh, appreciate everyone's uh, contribution so far. Uh, I know it's, it's quite a, it's not exactly a simple thing of having these kind of conversations on a Saturday, but it's a mix of fun and educational as well. You know, I'm learning from you guys. You're learning from me and vice versa. The, the cool thing about this podcast is having people who are not necessarily friends and having these kind of conversations. So at least you see how people think who are outside of your immediate circle. And I think that's, that function plays well into this topic. Uh, but I appreciate everyone's input. Personally, the conversation about children and how they outlook, uh, I always say, I actually one day sat down with my father and asked him, did I turn out what you expected me to be? And Knowing my father, my father was very blunt. And he was like, honestly, no. And, but I am proud of the man that you are. But what I expected of you, he, he had his own vision, you know, what kind of career choice, when I was going to get married, um, what kind of Christian values or what kind of way I depicted myself. You know, he didn't expect me to be a nika nika or, you know, the guy who's, who's whatever the case is. But I always say, and I, it makes me realize that, you know, to some degree, I'm, I'm glad that I've, you know, he's he, he he raised me. But to some degree, I also acknowledge the fact that uh, he allowed me to become my own man, and whatever that is. And I think even with place to women as well, you know, as much as you you, you want to influence your children, um, you also want them to be their own person in whatever context that means. But also, obviously, following your principles and your values. But as long as within whatever they define themselves to become, uh, it's something that you can be proud of, you know. Fine, my son doesn't want to become an engineer or a doctor. He wants to be a dancer, a ballet dancer. Um, you know, he's a proud gay man. End of the day, you know, as long as he's happy and sanity-wise and mentally, like Bali says, and also other people say, you know, they're strong. Uh, but yeah, I, I think everyone has different perspectives. And I think it's just about making sure that you do your part. Um, Elizabeth, I see you raised your hand. I was about to close shop, but do you want to say something quickly before we, we, we depart? Yeah, sorry, guys. I just wanted to say something because uh, I was listening to Q. So she actually made like a, a valid um, point. You know, we know there's two many factors out there that can influence our kids. I don't have any kids yet, but I mean, I've got kids like my cousins. I've got kids, right? So... You know, when technology came in, technology was supposed to make life easy for us. But nowadays, we're actually suffering the consequences of having technology. I mean, with the influence, so much influence it has on kids, you know, we cannot ignore that factor that we understand, that we get, you know. So like Q is saying, now the main purpose of being a parent would be to raise kids who got solid, like, like, like she said, having a solid head over your body. 
this kid would now get to understand these are the factors outside of my home. How can I manage them not to get into me? How can I be solid within this unsolid world? You know, so now, like you say, this is what now we have to focus on. Don't now we need to focus on how we can actually trap our kids of not exploring life. We cannot do that. And the thing is, we're not going to be working around with them everywhere they go. But now our main thing, it would be to try and protect them from this outside world as much as we can. We won't be able to take that away fully from them. I mean, technology, technology runs everything in this world. So we cannot take that from them, but try to at least build them to be solid human beings, you know? So that is my take on that. Thanks, Elizabeth. So I think we can close shop. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining the podcast. Um, like I said, you know, context, just because I, I see, I, I also may have not explained in terms of the whole thing about my father not being proud. Even myself, when I asked myself, 10 years ago, where I expected myself to be, I did not expect to have a podcast on the side idea. I was hoping I'd be having a house and, you know, driving a nice car, but everyone has projections and we don't always fulfill them, but at least you're happy wherever you are. Uh, but yeah, that, I just wanted to add that context. Uh, but first of all, again, last of all, I mean, thanks again for joining the podcast. Um, your Saturdays are probably your own time to do other stuff, to go join since we were talking about relationships, but I don't know. Uh, but, you know, at least I would hope at least you guys had fun in the podcast and I hope you guys will be available for any other discussions. But from the from my part, uh, thank you again. And I will let you know once I'm done editing, because as you know, I don't do live streams anymore. So I make sure at least I edit, fix the volume, picture quality, at least everyone can watch back and see, you know, it was a fruitful and entertaining discussion as well. So yeah, but I'll, I'll let you know once I'm done with that. Uh, but thanks again and enjoy your rest of your weekend. Peter, yeah. are you are you joining today? I wish, I wish, I wish, but uh, the podcast is my job for now. But, uh, I'll, I'll join after. Maybe I'll join after. I'll, I'll let you know. Cool, awesome. cool, cool. No, thanks, guys. It was awesome. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers, 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 cheers